On this month's show, our special guest is Dan Thiessen of Walla Walla State Co. and Crossbuck Brewing. We'll talk about summer foods, where we've eaten out, a new AVA in Washington, and six new sub-GIs in B.C., and some July events. You'll hear it all on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Dock and Drink, a unique, lodge-themed, heated and tented outdoor space along Lake Washington's southern end with stunning views of the lake, Olympic Mountains, and downtown Seattle skyline. This casual dockside restaurant changes throughout the year to take advantage of favorite seasonal ingredients in their bites, small shareables, flatbreads, and desserts. Creatively handcrafted cocktails, local beer and wine, and zero-proof mocktails complete your visit. Dock and Drink is located on the dock at the Hyatt Regency Lake Washington in Renton. Find them online at dockanddrink.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Mackey from Macrina Bakery here in Seattle, and I want to welcome you to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Hey, it's our July show, number 2207. I cannot believe it's July. I'm Connie Adams, senior editor, and I'm here with publisher Tom Marin. What do you think about it being July? Hey, I think it's July. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. What the heck happened? I don't mind it when it's like 70 outside. Yeah. I still like the 85s and higher, you know? Yeah, the 90, that was getting really hot. That was getting pretty hot. <sighs> the, uh... No matter where I moved my little remote from my weather station, it was too hot out on the deck. And so it was mentally bad for me because every time I looked over at the little weather station thing, it would say, it's 102 outside. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Hey, you know what? I put my, my sensor down in the uh, elevator room. So every time <laughs> I looked at it, it said it was 60. And you were putting jackets on. And yeah. <laughs> I got to layer up. I got to set up an office in the elevator room. That's what I need to do. Last year when it was like 110, I wanted to live down in that part of your building. It was, yeah. It's so pleasant. Yeah. It's like being in a cave. You know, because it's, 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 it's below the dirt line. Mm -hmm. So that's why it stays so cool in there. And it's concrete and, you know. Yeah. It's almost a bomb shelter, you know. It is. If things go wrong in the world, and God knows that will never happen because things are so smooth in the world, <laughs> but I might be coming over here and living in the elevator or something. Well, you know, because... Well, it, many people do. <laughs> I'm not going After to be alone. All, you know, right next to the inner urban, and that's filling up so much now yeah. that the overflow is coming into our elevator, so... <laughs> the neighbors, how do they feel about it? You gotta clean your elevator out, man. Everybody sends emails to the mayor every day, but nothing changes. <laughs> Thirty-four tents on the inner room today. Whoa! Between one hundred and twenty-eighth and one hundred and fifteenth. You know what? You took me there. What? It was two twenty-five or, two, two or weeks three ago. Weeks ago? Yep. Oh my god! Went from twenty-five to thirty-four. This is the thing. You can't. You can't rest. 
You think you've got something cleaned out, and you can't rest. But, you know, this is a Seattle dining show, and, and what would that have to do with, with Seattle dining? So what I'm working on is I'm working on uh, uh, recipes from the inner urban. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, they've got to make do with what they've got and what they can steal from Home Depot and Lowe's. So uh, Yeah, exactly. And they're stealing good stuff. They've got nice barbecues. They've got charcoal. Yeah. They're wrapping up uh, potatoes in foil and making baked potatoes right out on the inner urban trail. It's, wow. it's, it's lovely. You know, we should do tips for them because I was at a taco place last night and one of their uh, tacos in parentheses was an Idaho taco and it was a baked potato with all the taco toppings on it. They could do that. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Huh. I wonder if they're growing potatoes. You know, we saw them growing all those flowers out there. Oh, yeah. It, it made a whole – and that, that garden is still there. Oh, it is still there. Yeah. It was so nice. I couldn't believe somebody took and it out And there's those themselves. wooden cabins out there. And One of them has a door with a knob on it. It's like, okay, this is a little too permanent. <laughs> and that's the one with the garden and the little sign in it that says, please curb your dog. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, right. you don't want a dog pooping – Along the inner urban trail. Well, now somebody, uh, I guess the the uh, resident there wrote on the outside. If if I'm not here, I've probably just gone to get a drink. So I don't know if they're going to the 125th Street Bar and Grill or <laughs> what they're doing. Jack know. in the Box or something. But you know, it's good that they are having visitors. Or or is that a note so nobody will like tear down their house while they're gone? Gee, I don't know. I don't know, but you know, back to Seattle dining. They should grow some summer produce. <laughs> <laughs> We're growing turnips and green beans and <laughs> pea vines yeah. to feed everyone on the inner urban. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I bet they're not sharing. Oh, they could be. That's just cruel on my part. Carrots. <laughs> well, we thought we'd talk today, since it is summer, about. The things we like about summer food-wise and how we cook them and what we do with them. Yeah. So you want to start with herbs? I mean, the ones that jump out at me, you're, you mentioned mint immediately, and I was thinking basil because we grow it on our decks, and that's only kind of this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, mint because, uh, you know, it's a great time to make a mojito. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's good in drinks. Mmm. And mint is so nice uh, to put into things like ice cream. Yeah. And I love it with watermelon. Yeah. Yeah, that, that watermelon with the feta cheese mm-hmm. and the mint. Mmm, yeah. I love that. That's so good. A little lemon juice maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never put that in, but mm-mm-mm. And, uh, and what are you doing with basil? You know, basil I love with tomatoes and either mozzarella oh, yeah. or a burrata. Yeah, burrata. Something like that. Um, uh, and, of course, it's great in sauces, but it's not a time of year that I really want a red sauce on a pasta plate. It's, it seems heavy to me. Yeah. No, um, I want those big uh, heirloom tomatoes. Yes. Chilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a nice burrata is so good. Burrata's... Well, I suppose any kind of cheese, but burrata seem to really be all over the map in terms of people saying they're making their own or, you know, they're not being made except chemically. But texture and flavor seem to be everywhere. And, boy, when you get a good burrata, you know it. Did you ever Did you ever come across that chef that worked at Jellystone before? His name was, was Yogi Burrata. <laughs> I love that guy. Not only is he a good chef, but uh, he steals 
other people's stuff in picnic <laughs> baskets and picnic baskets. Well, that's why you haven't seen him because he moved to the inner urban. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's the one who built his whole house out of picnic baskets. Yeah, and pallets. <laughs> and pallets. <laughs> oh, that guy's great. <laughs> well, you know, there's two things kind of cooking technique-wise. You were talking about barbecuing. Yeah. It's... It, they call it barbecue season. You, you know me, I'll barbecue all year round. Exactly. Although we really didn't this past winter. No, we haven't for a while. Because, yeah. uh, well, because basically I think I had too much junk on my patio to it get was, to the barbecue for a while. It was hard to while. get to it, yeah. So, But I can, I can reach it now. I cleaned the patio. <laughs> we can sit out there again. Yeah. So we can make good marinades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have never done this, but... Um, a lot of menus have grilled romaine salads. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing you can do on a, on a barbecue, too. So you actually put the romaine on the grill? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I've probably had something like that. I just yeah. never went back and got it a second time. Because <laughs> it was your favorite. I've seen uh, stuff with grilled arugula before. Yeah. Well, As if that wasn't already funky enough. Yeah, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't grill something that. That seems... Uh, a lot more frail than romaine. Oh, yeah, you, you got to put it on and get it off fast. Yeah. But it does kind of wilt it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had uh, something at Serafina one year with grilled arugula on it. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know what it was. The other thing I think about, and I don't do a lot, so maybe I need to do that this summer, is cold soups. Yeah. Years and years ago, I had a recipe for an avocado chilled soup. So I made it for some friends, and they came over, and they love to come over and have my dinners. And they found a cookbook for me later that had, um, I think it had an avocado soup in it. And they, it was great. They wrote a little poem in the front and everything. And it all, it all uh, was lovely, except that the poem said, basically, don't ever make that for us again. So they didn't care for oh, it. Oh, they but, didn't like it, huh? But I thought a it was good. A chilled avocado soup. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds, and I've had chilled. Can I just make guacamole and put a little chicken stock inside and put it in the fridge? Perhaps. <laughs> I'll let you try that, and you let me know what you think. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> but I think you could do a chilled peach soup. Wouldn't that be good? That would be really good. I'm going to look into that and see what I can do with that. So Reichlin make... has a uh, recipe for that. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. It's in one of my books. Oh, okay. Um, and you make but up. the 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 yeah the one on the top of my list is gazpacho. You make a good gazpacho. You've made several good gazpachos. You know, I went to New York one time, and I was there for three nights, I think. And every single night, wherever we went, I ordered the gazpacho because everybody <laughs> had it as a special. <laughs> I, went, I didn't go to the same restaurant twice. I went to three different restaurants, but they had gazpacho every oh night. God. You know, one year you weren't with me, but I. Took a friend and we went to um, Sunset Supper at the market mm-hmm. in August. And I don't know what the deal was, but there were like six restaurants there that were doing gazpacho. Yeah. And I think probably it wasn't supposed to be that way. You, you should be getting a variety of foods when you go to Sunset Supper. Yeah. But I didn't mind it because it was really fun to well, compare. Well, there's so many ways to make it. Yeah, none of them were really completely alike and some were quite different and so it was really fun to try a bunch I think of I've seen ones. like a green tomato gazpacho before. Oh and there's a peach gazpacho. Yeah. And yeah there's a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah there's all kinds of ways to make it. Yeah. So fruit what do you like doing with fruit? We talked about watermelon with feta and balsamic. Yeah that's good. Um, 
Strawberries. Lots of strawberries in the store right now. Peaches, I was thinking, I mean, I love a good peach crumble for dessert. Um, Mm -hmm. Fruit salads. I, you know, you love balsamic on fruit, and I think it's really good. But I'm kind of a purist sometimes. I love to make a fruit salad and not put a thing on it. Just eat a bunch of fresh fruit like that. Yeah. Um, Berries. And I was thinking about cherries, and I don't know that I've ever had some kind of a pork dish with cherries, but it seems like a logical thing. We have done something with cherries Did before. We? I think so. I don't remember, but that sounds good to me. Yeah. I wish I'd thought of it before That'd I be made really it. That'd be really good, like a cherry sauce over a pork loin. Yeah. That'd be really good. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or a pork chop. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Got to look into that, too. And then veggies. I I kind of looked up to see what's really summery, and and the thing that came up was in terms of growing, it's green beans is a big deal, and I made that recipe up with feta and red onions. That Remember was that? good. That's really good, and it's pretty refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think of green beans actually in my mind. It's more of a heavier winter thing, but that is a very we, light. We need to produce a cookbook. No one know? would buy it. Nobody buys. Nobody books. buys books anymore. And then tomatoes, tomatoes are so great, and we were talking about it, you know, with mozzarella, burrata, and basil. And I love the um, sweet uh, cherry tomatoes. I just put a little um, olive oil drizzle over it with salt and pepper, and that's good for me. Yeah, that's good. As long as they're all good, because I hate it when you get the one funky one in your mouth. Oh, I know. Ah, man. That's all disappointing. But truly, that can happen any season of the year, so. Yeah. Don't blame it on summer. But, you know, it's good that we have uh, a lot of hot house, greenhouse type places mm-hmm. that that really, I, I think I saw heirloom tomatoes almost every month of the year in the last year. Yeah, they so, have been around. Because I, I said it a couple of years ago, it, it was getting to be heirloom tomato season, and they were popping up, and I said, why don't we just get these all year? Because there's all these greenhouses around. Yeah. And, but you and know, I think somebody heard me. Oh, that's what it was. They coppered you. <laughs> um, part of the thing, though, for me is it, I, it's kind of few and far between to get a tomato that is just like, oh, my God. You'd, a lot of them don't have a lot of flavor. And that's, you know, even oh. the Romas. I went Roma for a while because I wasn't liking regular tomatoes. And the Romas seem kind of bland to me now. So then, you know, uh, I was reading about a report down at, that they did down at UC Davis in the Agricultural Department. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, smack that laptop. Just I smack did. it. I just wanted to interrupt the show. Um, and they, they said uh, they, they went and got produce from one field that was not organic, mm-hmm. and right next to it was an organic field, and they had the same items growing. They took them back to the lab. And the non-organic had a lot less good stuff like, uh, oh. what do they call it, polyphenols or yeah. whatever, and uh, vitamins like and nutrients. Or, so that's, I think it's a drug, it, was, but... it was like five times more dense in the organic produce. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody's telling you, oh, you know, it's all the same, oh. you, you don't have to pay for the organic. Well, you know, 
If you eat five servings of fruits and vegetables a day and that's organic, mm-hmm. then I guess in, in the USDA's world, you're probably getting like 25 servings. Yeah, know? that's true. You wouldn't have to eat five servings of fruit and vegetables a day if you were getting organic with all the good stuff in it. Yeah. So and so when you talk about uh, hard to get good tasting tomatoes, but if you get organic, I'm, I'm always pretty oh, satisfied when I do that. I always get organic, but I don't know. I, I guess it, 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 you know it's it has a lot more flavor. Um, oh yeah, definitely. They they didn't have the exact reason why it was better, they, but they assumed that the organic tomatoes don't have to fight or or they have to fight to stay healthy. Oh, and the ones that are getting herbicides and pesticides mm-hmm. and stuff on them are just sort of like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're they're on a, a beach chair someplace yeah you know, relaxing they're just kind of out of it all the time you know yeah. so yeah hmm that was i hope that was a, i hope that was a good trial too because you put two fields together like that it seems like herbicides would float over so they must have had it covered or separated somehow to actually get that true probably yeah I don't think they do it like right across the road from each other. Yeah. If you're going to do a fair trial. Yeah, because I know I've some friends who bought a place out and they said like their trees they're not trying to raise trees or anything but they bought a property with trees on it, fruit trees. And they said, you know, even if we wanted to be organic, there's a non-organic thing down there down the road and the wind blows so much, you know, you're getting stuff on your on your plants, so. Yeah. But. They didn't say anything as so there was a rabbi out there blessing the organic food or <laughs> or maybe a football coach having a prayer moment. I don't know. It didn't didn't have that in the report. Remember that story about the rabbi who was making sure the kitchen was kosher and actually set it on fire? Yeah, at Scamania Lodge. Yeah. I do I remember that not vividly because I wasn't there when it happened, yeah. but yeah, too bad about that. <laughs> So maybe they don't have them in the fields just in case they. That'll start be the fire. last kosher wedding we have at Scamania Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have time to head into where we've been eating out? Um, we do. Okay, it's short because we've not been eating out that much. No. Um, the two places I went, and I did a story on the Flora Bakehouse because I've done Cafe Flora and Florette at the airport. Yep. And um, I'd never done anything about the bakehouse. So read that story. It's coming out in July. It's really fun, and what a great place. But I went home with four things, a classic croissant, a twice-baked almond croissant, a chocolate sea salt croissant, and a strawberry rhubarb hand pie. Oh, boy, I hope you didn't get on a scale the next day. I didn't eat it all at once, but much faster than I should have. (laughs) But I got to say, I'm not a pastry person. I mean, I like it, but it's not something I need. And there's so many other things I want that I don't eat this kind of stuff most of the time. Yeah. It was great. Oh, good. It now, were great. they using uh, wheat flour or were they doing other flours so that they would be uh, uh, keto? You know what? I didn't ask him that and I huh. don't know. So, but delicious. Yeah. And and it they did in, they meant it to be a commissary kitchen floor, florette, and cafe flora. Right. So, um, but then the, there was a little coffee place that didn't open after the pandemic. Or No, no, sorry, I'm getting my stories confused. But there was no place for the neighbors to go. So they just opened a little espresso place, and it's taken off. And they built a little site. They bought the property, and they oh. built onto it. 
and they have a rooftop deck. Huh. You can see Mount Rainier on a clear day. Oh, nice. And oh, now nice. they're doing organic wines. So, and, and we're going to have a lot of clear days coming up till the yeah, smoke gets here. Exactly. Go, go soon. So the other place that I went was just last night. I went to Red Star Taco Bar in Fremont. This is one of those places in Fremont that I see constantly, and I think, nah, I'm probably not going in there. And it was really fun and good. Huh. So I haven't been there. Yeah, I got the two-taco dinner. So I had a carne asada taco and a fish taco. I like they are. Uh, were they a la carte, or did they come with rice and beans? They came or? with rice and beans, those dinners did. And then we got a bean dip with chips to start with. Yeah. And they have um, cocktails as well, and they had mezcal as well as regular tequila. And um, the cocktail I had was their seasonal cocktail, and it had Copperworks vodka in it, so it was totally different. Huh. So huh. that's a I was happy with that. Well, I'll tell you where I went eating. Okay. Um, I went to the uh, Heartbeat Cafe on Queen Anne. What is up with ten dollars for a slice of pie? Oh. Wow. Them and everybody else. And then I went to Molly Moon's and got a scoop of ice cream. Eight dollars. Okay, now don't talk to me about how many croissants I've eaten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Molly Moon like has always been expensive. Prices are crazy. They crazy, are. crazy. So somebody, oh somebody gave me $100 and told me to take you to dinner, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> It'll cover mine. She's on her own. That's what you said. <laughs> I hope that's true, though. And we went to uh, Meteora up in what's Monroe. that little town? Monroe. Monroe. <laughs> We've been there before. It was okay. Yeah. But man, this time we went, it was horrible. It was the not salsa good. was god awful horrible. Obviously, out of a can. Yeah. The uh, the corn chips were not cooked on site. I'm Fairly sure yeah. they just tasted like they came out of a plastic bag. Yeah. Uh, the rice. Oh, then they put garlic into the beans. Yeah, that was odd. Oh, I hate that. It wasn't good. I hate it when they put garlic into the beans and when they put garlic into the rice. That is not the way you make rice and beans. Yeah. At least not in my world. Yeah. Not here on Turtle Island. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> With my head in the sand. All right. Uh, let's take a little break. Oh, did you want to talk about basalt? No. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it when we get back. Okay. Okay. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm from Bellevue. One of my favorite restaurants is Cactus in Bellevue. I had an amazing dish, prawns with a spicy sauce on top that just made your mouth water. Mmm. This is Jeremy McLaughlin, chef with Salty Seafood Grills, and you are listening to The Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show for July with me, Connie Adams, and the amazing publisher, Tom Marin. And when we broke, I was like, wait, you were going to talk about basalt. So 
take that, and then we will move off into where, uh, like, what we've been cooking at home. Okay. So uh, Basalt is this restaurant out in Ellensburg, located in the Windrow Hotel. And Connie and I went out and had an evening there. And they put together a really nice uh, tasting dinner for us. Mm -hmm. And in between each uh, food item, they would pair it up with... Just a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were splitting a glass of wine. We were splitting. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, we were splitting yeah. a glass of wine. Yeah. So we ha- we really got to taste their wine list and their menu, mm-hmm. and uh, meet. We got to meet the the head chef Kelly, and it was uh, quite good. Yeah, you know, I think we we didn't have great expectations. You never know. But we were both really pleased. We thought it was, you know, it's something I would certainly go back and eat it, eat there again. And, you know, Ellensburg doesn't have a single restaurant worth writing home about, I don't think. That, that we know of. So if you, if you were going to be in Ellensburg for a night, like, like we were there three, four years ago for a night, and we just wound up at some, I don't know. Well, there was the steakhouse in town, and it wasn't really oh, yeah. that good. That mm-hmm. you know, that historic steakhouse. Oh yeah, the the palace. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta love that it's been there like a hundred years, but you know they don't they don't have Ubers there. They have a taxi service, and it's like uh, ten dollars each way if you were staying down on the south end of town to get up to downtown. So that's twenty bucks right there. Yeah. Oh, it's probably more now. You yeah, know, I, I always forget about inflation. Yeah, and gas prices have gone up, <laughs> yeah. and everybody's got to make a living. But uh, yeah, if you if you're heading out Ellensburg Way, that one is uh, is worth uh, checking in and having a night at. Yeah, nice yeah. atmosphere too. Some funky art, but oh yeah. <laughs> well, speaking Ooh. of nice atmosphere, at my house. Uh, the other day I did a pork tenderloin, and I used kind of a classic barbecue rub, a dry rub, and then I made a, a non-cooked barbecue sauce um, from America's Test Kitchen. And, you know, it was fine, and in fact, I had a few bites of it for lunch today, and it was fine. It's just like no magic to it. I did. I, I, I don't need to make it again. It didn't. Maybe you're just missing one thing in the sauce. Yeah. But I know you were talking about maybe shredding the rest of the... You know, I just chopped it up into tiny bites and I was eating it. Oh, okay. Because you do your little Amy's hack, but I never get that, so... You can do a little... little. Uh, you know, when you do a, a, a pork tenderloin, you usually have to buy, like, the whole tenderloin. You can just chop it up into bits and do, like, a pork fried rice. Yeah. That's the way to go. There's a lot of stuff you could do with it. So, um, but in that same dinner, I just made a simple watermelon salad. I chunked the melon and crumbled feta over it. And then, and this was uh, what I thought was going to be such a good thing, but it was kind of my mistake. I used the Danissimo balsamic from A Bit of Taste. Uh-huh. And that's the one that's really aged a lot. And it's intense. It's like, it's more expensive. It's a really nice thing. Yeah. But you know what? I thought it was too sweet. On this, oh. I would have preferred the regular traditional balsamic on it. I think, yeah, and not have gone. And you know, I, I never turn down the best, but it wasn't the right thing for that salad. So it wasn't bad, but I think I would just not do it quite that way. Huh? 
Remember uh, Paragon used to have a balsamic, and it was almost like a maple syrup. It was oh, so yeah. thick. Yeah. I never see that kind of balsamic around now. Is no. that a reduction you do? It may, I think that's happen? probably it. It was reduced down to a syrup. Can you imagine how the, yeah. how the kitchen smells when you're doing that yeah. reduction? Really good. Cooking all that vinegar. Whoa, <laughs> baby. All right. Well, we've been drinking some wine. Why oh, haven't we? Do you want to What talk, am I missing one? No, oh. You're talking about what you made at home, but really you haven't been making much at home. Okay. So, yeah, uh, this will lead us into the drinking the wine. Um, I got a couple of almond flour pizza rounds out of the freezer section at PCC and whipped up a nice little meat lover's pizza with some field day pizza sauce. Uh, some uh, organic pepperoni, mm. some sausage, and some organic bacon. Mm-mm-mm. That was really good. It was. But you know what? If I did it again, you know that little game I play with the marinara sauce? Yeah. I would put the pizza sauce in a strainer with a paper towel at the bottom oh, of the strainer just like, okay. and drain off some of that liquid because it, it really just loosened up when it was cooking oh, and okay. flowed over the sides yeah. of the pizza. And now, so. didn't you made two and you were going to save the rest for uh, leftovers. And didn't you put peppers or something on that one as well? I did. How yeah. was that? And that probably added some moisture to it too. Oh, yeah. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so I fi- had the last three pieces last night when I came home from from being out in the field. <laughs> and uh, I had uh, some nice red wine. Mm. And it just made a perfect ending to a not-so-perfect day. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of wine, uh, we have... We had a 2021 Domaine de Belouges. Belouges, maybe? I don't know. Beluga. Beluga rosé. I was thinking it was like a whale rosé. It's a rosé made with Merlot and Grenache. 12.9% alcohol. Comes from France. It was $9.99 at the Town and Country Market in Shoreline, formerly known as the Central Market. No, By Ball- the way, this was Ballard. Just a reminder: the Central Market didn't get sold and turned over to a corporate conglomerate or anything like that. They just changed the name of the market to align with all their other markets, other than the, the Ballard Market, which is also now a town and mm-hmm. country. So it's the same people running it. It's the same staff. It's the same buyers back at headquarters. And you can that. tell because they all have shirts saying, same great store, different name, or something like that. Yep. But I've seen on next door where people are whining, well, you know, they were so much better when they were Central Market. <laughs> it's the same market. <laughs> it's just got a different name. It's all. Uh, anyways, um, you thought that wine was uh, fresh and citrusy. And bright. And bright. And I thought it was uh, sweet with a good body, had sort of a medium length on the palate, and it wasn't too complex. We'd buy it again. Mm -hmm. You also said the nose was like a white Zinfandel. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure 
I haven't smelled a white zin for so long. I don't know, but well, you know, white white zin and rosé are not too far apart from yeah. each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what I said. I said that it kind of reminded me of like the white zins, like like uh, Sutter Home. <laughs> oh, good good wines. <laughs> okay, especially the well, ones you know, I think Sutter Sutter Home actually sort of built the wine market up a bit with young people. Mm-hmm. You know, back then they had everybody was buying white Zinfandel back in the eighties, yeah. and uh, young people, and it was affordable. So uh, people got into wine that you know maybe they wouldn't have gotten into wine; they would have just kept drinking beer. And yeah. oh, you know, that's all downhill from there. When you do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, next wine we had was a twenty twenty Margot. Mar- Marques, I think. You say it. I think it's Marques. Say it's the a, whole thing. Oh, Marques de Caceres Vendejo. <laughs> no reason for you to correct me on four words in a <laughs> row, so you just say the whole thing. Uh, 13.5% alcohol came from Spain. It was seven ninety nine. also at the town and country. Uh, this time you got it in Ballard. The uh, nose was a little grassy, similar to a Sauvignon Blanc, which I thought was interesting, but it was. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of acid, but sweet, had a lot of honey in it, had a pretty good finish, uh, almost effervescent on the tongue, and complex. A couple of layers going on there, uh, paired all right with our chicken breast with oranges and feta, mm. we'd get it again. We'd make that recipe again, too. Yeah, we didn't talk about that one. Uh, okay, last one on the list is a 2020. Okay, I could say this one. Okay. Cantilla Alberino. Uh, 12.5% alcohol. Uh, I can't read that. <laughs> it's R- from... Rius Bixis. I, I think... Bixas, B A I X A S. That's a. And this is the the region where it was grown. Yes. And uh, is this Portugal? Is this Spain? Is this? Dubai? You know, I'm not sure. It didn't. We didn't write that down. Okay. It sounds like Spain or Catalonia to me. Bixas. Okay. Eleven ninety nine at the town and country. Uh, kind of light in color. The nose was fruity and fragrant. And I said it was I think that's light, to be light, like a Johnson & Johnson shampoo <laughs> for kids to for kids to have no tears. No tear shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it tasted like – it had a lot of apricots in it. There was apricots everywhere. Uh, very light in flavor, acidic, had a short finish, not too complex. Uh, we tried this with – Chicken, oh, oh, this was the chicken, oranges, and feta also. She told you we were drinking some wine. <laughs> and uh, no comment on how well it went. And we didn't note our opinion on buying it again. I, so. think, I think maybe we'd had enough wine. We stopped writing on our sheet. Yeah, we stopped working. <laughs> Which is only fair. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to do the news bites. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Thompson Seattle, named the number one hotel in the Pacific Northwest by Condé Nast. 
Located in Seattle across from the Pike Place Market, this contemporary urban landmark features gasp-inducing views of the sound, elevated cuisine at Conversation, and more breathtaking views from their indoor-outdoor rooftop bar, The Nest. Find them online at thompsonhotels.com. Hi, this is Ron, and I live in Walla Walla, Washington. One of my favorite restaurants is La Cocina de la Abuela, Grandma's Kitchen, where Manuel Perez and his 86-year-old mother make some of the best Mexican food you have ever tasted. This is Trin from Basa on Bainbridge Island, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. You got me, the publisher, uh, Tom Barron, and then you got she, Connie Adams, the senior editor. She, her. And uh, we're going to pop into our news bikes portion of the show. Uh, you can keep up with our news bites as they happen by reading the news bites column on seattledining.com. What's going on? You know, a lot's going on, so bear with me. Um, Washington has a 20th AVA rocky reach between Chelan and Wenatchee straddling the Columbia River. Right now it has eight commercial vineyards covering 117 acres. And then I noticed today in my email that the B.C. wine industry has announced the approval of six new sub-geographical indications. So they call them sub-GIs. Same thing, AVA Uh to us. And it's all in the Okanagan Valley. So it's Summerlin Valleys, Summerlin Lakefront, Summerlin Beach, East Kelowna Slopes, South Kelowna Kelowna Slopes, and Lake Country. So just like AVAs, these have consistently unique terroir. So Okanagan Valley now has 11. Yeah, and if you're lucky, you can find Canadian wine somewhere in the U.S. Yeah, because we have had trouble doing that, and we like Canadian wine. We do, yeah. Stuff out of the Okanagan Valley, people may not know this, but the the whole geological occurrences are different from what we have here. All our geological occurrences in eastern Washington are based on the Missoula floods, Mm -hmm. and that is not the case in the Okanagan Valley. They had a whole different... uh, series of ice sheets and that sort of thing. So uh, they're totally different wines, but they're darn tasty. Yeah. And just as a precursor to next month's show, we are going up this month to Phantom Creek Estates in B.C., in Okanagan Valley, for the 25th anniversary. And we hope we get out alive. Why? <laughs> now I'm scared. I don't know why. But um, they are known for organic grapes. Oh, good. So it's going to be very fun, and we'll have things to say about that. All right, speaking of wine, you've probably all heard Chateau Saint-Michel is on the sale table. The chateau itself is in the National Register of Historic Places, so I'm thinking that is not going down. Um, the owners, the, the people who bought Saint-Michel say they're exploring all options and they haven't decided, but it has been listed. I think it's CBRE. So oh. it's, it's listed. Uh, Pike 
brewing as you and, and and let's just point out that has a big uh, effect on that region, oh. Woodenville, because there's so much tourism that comes through specifically for Chateau Saint Michel, mm-hmm. the concert series, the events that happen there, and. Uh, you know, depending on who buys it and what they do, it could really have an economic effect on Woodenville. Oh, yeah. uh, hopefully, it would be a good thing, and they would keep things going that are happening there. And I know people don't always look ahead, or in this case, ownership changes, so different values or something. But, you know, they just expanded that tasting room, and they put all those – it's a beautiful place. They put, like, a theater in where they could do lectures. They have private dining rooms. It's a gorgeous thing, and now, yeah. boop, maybe gone. Um, Pike Brewing has opened the Pike Fish Bar upstairs from the Pike Pub. There was a restaurant up there that closed pandemically, and uh, they've come up with a collaboration with Ethan Stoll to do this uh, Northwest Seafood Oysters, Fish and Chips, Chowder, Salad, Sandwiches, and Craft Beer. Um, it is open now, and... Uh, you know, I'm glad Ethan's working with him on it because he just does not have enough to do because he's opening a second Victor's Tavern. Actually, it's opened. It opened June 29th in downtown Seattle's 2 Plus U building on 2nd Avenue, 1201 2nd. In June, he opened a Ballard Pizza Company in Woodenville, and they have also begun construction on a pizza restaurant to be part of a new space at the Seattle Convention Center opening in 2023, 6,000 square feet. Hmm. And at the moment, they're calling it Bombo, B-O-M-B-O. I don't know if that'll stay or not. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, I have a, a little trivia for you. Okay. Did you know that before the invention of the crowbar, that crows mostly just drank at home? <laughs> <laughs> and then before the, the crow restaurant on Lower Queen Anne came in, I suppose they ate at home, too. And they're, probably true. And they're probably back doing it because Crow's gone. So yep. thank you for that. Yeah. You know, people don't think about this stuff. Well, we're here to give you all the hot tips. Yeah, and all the history. History, you know, it's important. Hey, uh, moving on. Citizens, a culinary market is coming to downtown Seattle. There's, They are already in New York, Miami, and Chicago. So we'll see what's happening there. There are signs up. I hope they're good citizens. I hope they're not the good bad citizens. Ones. We can only hope. <clears throat> the Naked Grocer is to open at 620 East Pine Street on Capitol Hill, and they are looking to be a waste-less grocery store. So they're focusing on eliminating waste in grocery shopping. So they'll be doing refillable shampoos and soaps, some bulk, things like that. So sometime this year. I just saw something today about somebody that uh, has a coffee shop, <clears throat> and they're requesting that customers bring their own cups in. Oh, and, yeah, that's Starbucks, right? Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't Starbucks. I'm joking. The independent outfit. Yeah. I don't even think they're here in Washington. But um, in order to emphasize to their customers why they want them to bring their own cups in, they, they uh, filled up the whole floor with used empty cups. Oh my gosh! So people had to scramble through them. So they had to see, so they could see how much waste was happening. Wow! Now I don't know. You know, is every guy going to come in with a purely sanitized, clean cup? Because they're going to be touching all the machinery with that cup. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. I guess if you make a few people sick, 
and save the planet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's a possible summer opening for Bizarre Brewing, a microbrewery, at 4421 26th Avenue West. Their license has been approved. The owners are Derek Brown and Colette Boilini. Um, there's a new chef at Bourbon Steak, Megan Vaughn. She was the former corporate, corporate chef for Mina Group and the executive sous chef for Wolfgang Puck's Cut Steakhouse in Beverly Hills. So I'm thinking, you know, Beverly Hills is almost like downtown Seattle, right? Oh, yeah. She may get confused that she even left. Well, Beverly Hills is like Bellevue, and that's why they put an STK steakhouse in Bellevue, because it's <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> Which is, I guess, going well. Waterways Cruises has opened a restaurant called Lakeside on South Lake Union at Lake Union Piers, which is the former Chandler's Cove. It's fine dining, five-course pre-fee menu, 901 Fairview Avenue North, and the executive chef is Trinity Mack. So this is a cruise it's company not, yeah, who has opened a restaurant, yeah. and it's not on a boat. It's, it's, it's looking at the boat. Yeah, exactly. So now you can... You can pretend you're on a cruise, but you just look across the water at the cruise boat, but you, you don't have, really get on it. And you don't have to get queasy in case you're queasy in the yeah, water. Yeah, no you know? Dramamine. Maybe, maybe <laughs> get like a Dramamine cocktail. Mm, yum. Hey, a new place by Shiro and his uh, protege, Jun, is opening. It's called Takai by Kashiba. It's opening this month or August in Bellevue's 188 building, 188 Bellevue Way Northeast. So Shiro Kashiba and June Takai. That'll be interesting. And then big news, lobster rolls. Two places doing lobster rolls are opening. We have lobster rolls on our Facebook page right now. Oh. We have a picture of a big lobster roll. Mm, I want one. Um, and, you know, Pike Place Chowder is uh, yeah, Pike Place Chatter has always done a lobster roll, too. Uh-huh. Anyway, Mason's Lobster Rolls is coming soon to Harbor Steps, 1307 First Avenue, and Luke's Lobster is set to open its first Pacific Northwest location this summer at 110 Pike Street. Better bring your armored truck, huh? Yeah. Um, but I'm you're gonna... not getting lobster for anything less than, hmm, what do yeah. you say, 40 50 bucks for That's a little serving of lobster? Well, you had... I don't think you had it, but you saw it up at um, Market in Edmonds. They have a lobster roll, and I think it's thirty-seven or something like that. Wow! Yeah. Well, it was three weeks ago. Yeah, it's not now. now. Probably fifty-seven. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, this is a sad note. Uh, a diver off of the Edmonds pier down there uh, got lost, and mm-hmm. they've never recovered the body. And it was the chef from Market. I met him. Yeah. When I did the interview, that that's such a sad thing for that whole group. They're yeah. a nice group of people. Um, also, Tint Cellars is, has a new wine release, their 2021 Rosé of, now I'm going to mess this up, Cunois, C-O-U-N-O-I-S-E. So it will be available at all Tint Cellars tasting rooms July 1st. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good. Hey, that's one for uh, summer flavors is rosé. Oh, rosé. We didn't talk about that. And yeah, here's love. one you can go get. Love a little rosé. Bought a few today. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Um, here's a back and forth. There are signs up at the five spot that say, we missed you. We're coming back. Oh. Now, last time I talked to Peter, the, the guy who owned it, Chow Foods, 
He said, yep, it's done. I'm, I'm done. Because there were lease, for lease signs up. Right. Then I, we emailed back and forth, and he said, yeah, somebody's trying, trying to do it, trying to get that spot. Um, but I don't know how the negotiations are going. I'm out of it. Oh. Now there's these signs up like it's five spot coming back. So huh. I have tried to get a hold of him, and he hasn't answered. But I, I just feel like somebody maybe bought the name and the recipes or something because he didn't seem to be. Yeah, that's what back. would have to happen for that to legally occur. Yeah, because I'm sure he owns the name for yeah. a while. So maybe that's why he hasn't gotten back to me. He's in court. Oh, I, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> um, Salt District, an E3 and Company restaurant group spot, has opened on Pier 55. That's the old. Um, Red Robin. Oh. Old Red Robin. Wait, it comes Bob Bobbing around? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not Bob Bobbing around because Salt District is there. It's a casual Italian kitchen, 1101 Alaska Way. They do offer valet parking daily after 5. It's $12, which actually for downtown seems kind of reasonable. All right. All right. Uh, We're going to take a little break and we'll come back and we'll do the calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Whistlin' Jack's Outpost and Lodge in the heart of the Washington Cascade Range where you can go to unplug, reset, and recharge. Stay in one of their refreshed cabins, relax in the hot tub overlooking an old-growth forest, and dine in their full-service Riverview restaurant. Find them online at whistlinjacks.com. Hi, this is Julie from Wallingford, and one of my favorite restaurants is The Whale Winds. This is Lisa Bear from Bear Winery in the Woodenville Warehouse District, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. You were all hoping he'd sing. Yeah. I should actually just sing the entire show and not really talk. Yeah. I don't, people probably don't know that you used to sing, that you had a band in L.A. Well, not in L.A., but in... Well, it won't do them any good to know that now. Yeah. They didn't come to the show. They didn't make me rich, so here <laughs> I am. You get me as I am. You're getting a podcast instead. All right, so yeah, we're going to get into the calendar of events, and you can always check out our calendar because it's changing all the time. Uh, we update it all throughout the month, and it's on seattledining.com. Just click the link for the calendar. What's going on in July? You know, this is – I just put this in because I thought it was really fun. At Port Ludlow at the marina, July 1st through September 5th, they're doing the Tyke Hillman Crab Derby. So you have to be a guest of marina tenants or transient tenants, meaning from the uh, resort, and Port Ludlow Marina rental boat customers. So good reason to head to the resort. Uh, You can go out and crab Thursdays through Mondays, and then you take your crabs to measure in with a marina employee on the dock, and the largest crab each week wins a $10 resort gift card, which is going to get you nowhere. And then <laughs> get um, you two gallons of gas for the next time you go out <laughs> crabbing in the boat. Um, the largest of the season at the end, after September 5th, wins a $100 gift card and your name on the Tyke Hillman Crab Derby Trophy. Wow. I think it's fun. That gets you two martinis. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, on July 4th, the Hyatt Regency on Lake Washington is having sort of just a, a casual open thing all day long. Um, they're going to have s'mores down on the patio. Mm. Uh, if you want to stick around for the fireworks that are going to go off out of Kulon Park, it's a $15 charge unless you're already dining. Um the fireworks will start at 10 p.m. Uh, and you're welcome to bring your doggy as long as you don't think you're going to be walking around inside the restaurant. <laughs> they said you're furry friends, so if you want to bring your cat, you can bring your cat too. Yeah. Yeah. That will cause no problems with the dogs. And in Seattle, you know, it's not hard to pick up a rabbit these days. So yeah. maybe you got a rabbit, a little harness. You just. Oh, yeah. A rabbit in a harness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from July 8th through 10th, it's Kirkland Uncorked at Marina Park. This has been going on for a number of years. You can bring your dog, and that is because the event benefits Homeward Pet Adoption Center. So it's three days of wine drinking and foodie festivities. There's 75-plus Washington wines, beers, cocktail, 75-plus Washington wines. Then there are also beers and apparently one cocktail. That's at 25 Lakeshore Plaza in Kirkland. General admission is 25. A designated driver admission is 20. And then they have a little add-on this year called Bubbles on the Beach for $8. And you get a glass of bubbles down there. There's extra fees on all of that. So like the $25 admission is thirty ninety one or something like that. Mm-hmm. So just know that's the thing. Friday 2 to 8, Saturday 11 to 8, Sunday 11 to 5. Tickets can be purchased online or at participating Fred Meyer locations. Mm. Uh, July 14th through August 25th, there's going to be free music at the Everett Marina, which is convenient because that's right next to Lombardi's yes, restaurant. Indeed. So you could have dinner at Lombardi's and check out the free music. Uh, free live music at the Port Gardner Landing, which is just down. The, it's right across. They're, they're right yeah, there. Yeah, just right there, huh? Yeah. Uh, gates open at 5 p.m. Music starts at 6.30. Uh, dine at Lombardi's before the show or pre-order for takeout. And you can use the link on our website that will take you to where you can find out who the artists are on mm-hmm. which nights and plan ahead. Exactly. Also on July 14th, it's LeCoin's fourth anniversary party. Can't believe they've been there four years already. Of course, two of them were pandemic, so what can you do? Five to yeah, nine. Yeah, we've only been there two years, right? Yeah. Well, they, they no, they were doing takeout and a lot of stuff. Five to nine p.m., it's the LeCoin classics as well as some, some chef's specials, but there's no a la carte menu that night. $50 per person. And they will also include their Wine Wednesday promotion during that time, and it's half-off bottles of wine on the buy-the-bottle list. Okay, am I going into the grand tasting menu? Yes, you okay. are. Uh, July 15th through the 16th is going to be the grand tasting menu experience at Kinglet in Walla Walla. Kinglet is the new restaurant that is opened by... Max Petty and Jen Petty of yeah. Eden Hill of Eden Queen Hill. Anne. And, and Big Mac's Burgers. Yep, Big Mac's. So uh, that's going to be, ooh, baby, $185 <laughs> per person plus a 20% service charge and sales tax. That's going to be a 12 to 15 course menu. 
So don't eat for three days before you go. Uh, wine pairing and a la carte beverages will be available for purchase at the time of the event. So 185 plus 20% does not get you anything to drink. Doesn't get you anything to drink. Maybe water. Maybe. I had one restaurant wouldn't even wouldn't even serve me water. They They said I had to buy it. Seriously? Yeah. That little mocky down oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, anyways, uh, the, the space is limited, so uh, if you want to do this, reserve early. Yeah. July 18th, there's a concert on the Knoll at Hollywood Tavern, at the Hollywood Tavern, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. I think this is interesting, too. It's $60 to reserve a picnic table that seats 6 to 8, and you uh, email eat at thehollywoodtavern.com to reserve it says nothing about that getting you anything. So I think then, once you've paid $60, you have a place to sit. So then you have to order food and everything. Is there, the Knoll grassy? Yes, but don't get confused with, like, assassinations or anything. Okay. Um, there is a standing room only option that's no cost. So if you miss out on getting a picnic and you really want to go, wow. they're doing this again in August with the Ian McFerrin band also then. So you could always go and just hang out and listen. Um, but consider getting their new milkshake flavor, banana split whiskey milkshake. Because, you know, they're right next door to the Wooden Milk whis- Whiskey yeah, Company. Yeah, so they make a boozy milkshake. Yeah, so yeah. banana split whiskey. That sounds pretty good. Doesn't sound like a summer flavor, but... Banana? I don't know. Banana split would be more like a, you know, let's have a banana split indoors. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I could, I could go outside for that. All right. Um, we should make our shake sometime and make it a boozy shake. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. All right. Uh, July 20th, uh, Outstanding in the Field, an event happening in Walla Walla at 4 p.m. Uh, call up your broker <laughs> for this one. $365 per person. This is the ninth year setting the table in the gorgeous golden grasslands of Montelay Fromagerie. We've been there. Yeah, great place. Wouldn't you like to pay like $365 to go and have goats start nibbling at your back pockets and taking your wallet and stuff? I bet you they don't let you in the pens. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So uh, you can tour the cheese-making operation, which is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. uh, before sitting down to the meal in the field. Guest chef Maximilian Petty. Yes, there he is Already talked about him once on the show. Of Kinglet will bring a four-course meal featuring a sampling of Pierre-Louis' and Jones' artisanal cheeses. And perfectly paired Walla Walla wines. Mm-mm-mm. All right, now <clears throat> I have a ten dollar resort certificate to the first person who can show me the receipts and write a write a five hundred word article, having gone to both the event at Kinglet and the event at Montelay. 
So whoever whoever gets it to me first, if I run the article in Seattle Dime, we give you a ten dollar resort certificate. A ten dollar boy, you are out there, man. You you are generous. I really go all out. You do, but you with, know, with whatever I have left, I I give it away. You know, it's the kind of guy you are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got a great interview coming up here in a minute with Dan Thiessen. We'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, my name is Kevin Lance. I live in Mill Creek. And my favorite restaurant is Oshino, and it's because it's the best sushi around. Hey, it's Rachel Bell. I'm the host of the podcast Your Last Meal and a personality and feature reporter on Cairo Radio. And you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Barron, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the senior editor, the front of the house, the woman who makes it all happen. Connie, we've got a special guest here today. Tell us who's here. We are thrilled that Dan Thiessen is here, managing partner for Walla Walla Steakhouse. And now we've just heard a new overarching company, Denim. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Denim Hospitality, as we look at the future expansion of the Walla Walla State Company and Crossbuck Brewing brand, uh, as well as the operations of Yellow Hawk Resort, uh, we've also incorporated our Thiessen Ranch business that uh, my wife and I own the ranch that I was raised on. She is the sole owner of uh, Thiessen Beef LLC. And so as we look at growing and marketing and and uh, sort of refocusing on vertically integrated agricultural hospitality operations and experiences. We felt it uh, to be in our best interest to create the management company to oversee all of that. And uh, we've also got Wagon Ranch Vineyard as part of the program. So, And we've got some other concepts that we're kicking around for future opportunities. So just as we look at growing and and expanding, we find it to be better to have a management company that oversees all of our operations, Mm -hmm. uh, help us with staffing, and we'll have... Uh, sort of director of operations, uh, financial oversight, marketing, social media oversight. So it makes better sense that we have a have a company that sort of umbrellas all of the operations mm-hmm. we have going on now and in the future. Sounds like a conglomerate to me. <laughs> the family-owned business based in Walla Walla with, uh, you know, my chef buddies here in Seattle are always joke that, you know, most people go to eastern Washington and slow down a little bit, and here <laughs> here we are starting one and bringing it to the back to the what we call the wet side. So uh, it's, it's, it's kind of an inside joke with the culinary community, so it's fun. Hey, speaking of fun and the wet side, you are bringing Walla Walla State Company and Crossbuck Brewing to Woodenville, and that's the primary reason we wanted to talk to you Absolutely. today, because it's getting near. 
It's getting closer to that Thursday and 22. Thursday and 22. It'll be the first one I've ever opened that's on time. <laughs> <laughs> it's on schedule. You've learned your lesson. I have learned my lesson and not through, uh, not once. It's taken a number <laughs> of times of going through that exercise, whether it's been a remodel or a, or a build out and a launch. Oh. They're, they're never on my schedule. So oh. I've learned to accept that I'll just pick a day of the week and hopefully get lucky on the year maybe, and maybe. off we go. So yeah, Thursday and 22, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. So I was mentioning to you that I happened to drive by there today and they're in there working away. There's a lot of people, you know, hauling lumber and stuff, but it's looking really exciting. The whole building, the whole thing. Tell us about where it's going to be and what it's part of because in in uh, Walla Walla, of course, you're in the historic train uh, depot. Exactly. So now you've found a place that sort of mirrors that in terms of historical. Yeah, it's it's been a fun process to uh, go through with this. This one's going to be in the historic Woodenville Schoolhouse, and that's not to be confused with the Hollywood Schoolhouse. Right. Um, the historic Woodenville Schoolhouse up there on 175th. Um, number two happens to be in another historic building, and again, in kind of wine country, uh, which we're very excited about. Not that they're all going to be in historic brick buildings, uh, as we look at where three and four are going to go, most likely not uh, to be uh, new builds. Um, but it's exciting to take uh, yet another historic, uh, endeared community uh, structure uh, and incorporate that into the design and the rebuild, because just like in Walla Walla, where we basically gutted the building, um, it's essentially what happened uh, in Woodenville as well, is that the building was uh, internally, most of it's gone and then rebuilt. Uh, but to be able to repurpose some of the original and historic elements of the building, so for example, the, the old radiator-style heaters that were in every classroom in that building, uh, we've repurposed those and took those apart and put them back together in, in, a, in a back wall structure for a separation of space between the crossbook tap room uh, and the entryway. And so it'll be a backdrop to uh, our swag wall, basically. Um, and then some of the uh, historic doors that were part of uh, the library, wouldn't call it the library, excuse me, it's part of the storage that was in each of the classrooms. We've taken those out, and those will be, again, divider spaces. We've input some glass in those and part of those doors, and uh, there'll be some cool remembrances, basically, from people that have been there in the past that we've incorporated that into into the design. So oh, that's, that's cool. been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Philip uh, Christophides has done, has done an amazing mm. job of taking the, the the old and bringing it into the new. So. And he's part of the team, right? He's He was... Part of Walla Walla's. Yeah, he's one of the one of the partners in Walla Walla and design architect partner there, and then he's uh, also with us in Woodenville too as a design architect partner. So, okay. and he's uh, moving forward will be a part of design of all future uh, stakeos. I I really enjoy. You know, I've worked with a number of architects uh, in the past, and nothing against those architects, but Philip is one of the first that I've truly enjoyed working with that understands form and function. Uh, along with design, and it's not about just the design eye. He also wants to. He also does a really good job of designing spaces that work really oh. well, and that's so incredibly important in hospitality operations oh, that yeah. the the form meets the function, and and he gets that, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Now you said three and four. So you, do you already have spots picked out? Uh, we're in negotiation for some future spots for sure. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, we we have. 
you know, as we look at building this team uh, with Dunham Hospitality, we've Walla Walla has garnered a lot of attention uh, with the location of the Stateco and, and Crossbuck there. Uh, we've had a number of folks uh, that have been in the restaurant that would love for us to take a look at, you know, various sites around the Northwest. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now, like, you know, a lot of operators, we've we've been able to survive and figured out a way to thrive during the pandemic and coming out of that uh, positioned ourselves to take a really good look at other opportunities. And, and the Stateco brand has endeared itself to not just the Walla Walla community, but the, the folks that visit Walla Walla. It's a comfortable place to dine. Uh, and we see it, you know, it will never be in a downtown core. It'll always be designed for the, sort of these fringe style bedroom communities that, you know, post pandemic have just kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see where the population is growing and, and we see areas that we feel strongly that, that Walla Walla State Company and Crossbuck Brewing can be a part of that, that growth. Um, and these are folks that traditionally, you know, enjoy dining in those downtown style restaurants. And mm-hmm. that's not who we are. We're sort of this blue jean comfort steakhouse tradition approach. Um, but it works. And especially with the dual concept of come in, you know, the goal is just to get there to the location. Then you get to decide if you want to go left into the tap room, which is a little bit more casual affair, mm-hmm. or do you want to go a little bit more upscale without being too swanky or, mm-hmm. or uh, prestigious about the deal? Um, it really allows the guests to have that choice at the time of. Um, sometimes people are minded that they just want to pop in for a burger. Sometimes the same folks want to come in off the golf course or come in out of wine tasting and they still want that prime steak, but they want to be in that casual environment. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it where folks want to be in the slightly more upscale environment and they want the, the burger off the menu. And mm-hmm. the answer is always yes. So as long as we're saying yes to the guests and taking care of them, uh, my chef in Walla Walla joked with somebody the other day and he says, yes, he says, we're actually a, a, a yes Um, <laughs> is this rock? Some, it was rock that said that. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, look, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just that we're incredibly focused on pleasing the guests and, and not that they're not that we're going to do absolutely everything, but we're going to do everything we can to make it right. Uh, and to provide them a level of hospitality that that they've come to enjoy there. So Mm -hmm. it's been good. It's been a good experience. Well, and it pays off. The last two times I've been there have been during pandemic times, you know, not not great times. Packed. Yeah. Yeah, the shift for us, I mean, I think that a number of us – obviously adjusted our mindset and our and our models a little bit and it's interesting to know that pre-pandemic we were open seven days a week lunch and dinner which equated to 72 hours of business a week mm-hmm. uh post-pandemic we shifted to five nights a week of service and uh went to down went down to 27 hours per week and in those hours between 27 and, and 72 uh, had we been open in January and February, we were closed in January, February 21 for mm-hmm. the pandemic, the, the mandates. Um, we actually would have beat 2019 sales numbers. Oh, wow. Open just over just a third those... of the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what it what we learned for us there was that the compression, the the limitation of availability of reservations compressed the demand. And so we've ended up compressing sales. And we've, you know, on weekend nights, we've got, you know, people waiting at the door at 4 o'clock when we open up the door because that turn time is now in demand if they want to dine, which has been incredible. Mm-hmm. And Walla Walla has continued to to just explode. I mean, we looked at January, February, March numbers, first quarter of 22, and midweek occupancy rates are up 34%. 
Um, And so we see that, you know, this new work from home or work from anywhere uh, remote work uh, model that a lot of companies have adopted, people want to be somewhere else midweek and they'll take care of their six hour workday or eight hour workday, whatever it looks like, but they can go enjoy the environment when they're not you know, remote, remote working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's definitely changed the landscape a little bit. And, and again, for us, it puts us in a perfect position to provide a level of hospitality that they've probably come to enjoy mm-hmm. uh, in a town that they enjoy being in. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're not better than or less than our competition. We just have a different focus and, yeah. and it's worked really well for us. Well, I think it makes sense too, because I know Tom and I both for the last 20 years have worked out of our homes. Yep. You want out. Exactly. You, know, you want yeah. out. And you don't necessarily want to get dressed up. Yep. You've still worked a hard day. Yeah. But um, it's really nice to go to a really nice environment and sort of treat yourself because it's been hard. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's we nice. Had a, we had a guest, a couple in the restaurant right after the first shutdown. And uh, a couple sitting right there next to the kitchen. And, and as the night progressed, I noticed that the gentleman's phone you know, most of our phones today, they go to sleep. Basically, mm-hmm. the screen will go dark. But his phone was sitting there on the edge of the table, and it was lit up the entire dinner service. And I, it just caught me as, as weird. And so I went to drop desserts at that table, and I was touching the table and talking with them. And I said, hey, you mind if I ask you a question? I said, what are you doing with your phone there? I said, it, it hasn't gone to sleep. And he said, we're recording. And I said, what do, what do you mean you're what are you recording? And he says, you know, my wife and I, we love each other dearly. We've been married for 18 years or whatever it was. They lived in the Tri-Cities. They've been dining at their kitchen counter for the, for the prior three months. And he said, one of the things we realized is we missed the sound of the restaurant. The hubbub. And he said, you are now our new playlist when we dine because we were heading back to the Tri-Cities tonight. And we know that we're not going to be back over here. But it... As I was reflecting later that night on on the service and the day and everything, it just struck me that whether we're social beings by nature, meaning extroverts or whatever, Mm -hmm. like we're still social beings. Like we want to be in a social environment. Mm -hmm. And that energy, the hubbub of the restaurant creates this atmosphere that people had been – it had been removed from our lives for a period of time forcibly with the mandates and – we were put in a position that none of us had experienced before and caused the, you know, this void uh, that we may or may not have been aware of at the time. Um, And it's been interesting, you know, post COVID to look at, I think that, and we've done, we've looked at some marketing data on this type of deal and had some conversations with some big folks about this particular aspect of it. And pre COVID, it was really about check-in and status. And so, where somebody was checking in or tagging themselves. And, and post-COVID has been more about sharing experiences, oh, uh, whether it's with the family or friends or what have you. And, and that means a lot to us that, you know, because the stories that we tell in the restaurants and these vertically integrated agricultural experiences of having, you know, wine from our vineyard and beef from our ranch available in the restaurant and the service staff being able to sell that has been, you know, that's really what guests want. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of companies out there that create a lot of taglines and research around trying to create authenticity. Uh, and if we just tell our story, then it brings this level of authenticity to what, of what we do yeah. uh, to the guest experience. And the staff absolutely jump behind that 110% because it, 
it allows them to just completely tell the story to their yeah. to their to their guests with well, a level of confidence. So, and if you're going to go support somebody with your dollars, why not a family? You know, we would hope so. Absolutely, you know, yeah, or a group of families a, or yeah. whatever. I mean, we're you know, my wife and I bring our kids into the restaurant all the time, and mm-hmm. and business partners bring their families into the restaurant all the time, and we know our the, the name of our staff, and we ask them about their kids, and you know, they they've seen our kids grow up basically in the yeah. restaurant because Melissa was pregnant with Gus, oh, wow. or excuse me, with Otto. You know, as we opened up State Co. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's a fun experience to, to have those relationships with our staff. So, yeah. And yeah. for them to sell it. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. You'd rather work for something like that too. Yeah. And, 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 and in turn they're while they are selling it, they're not having to sell it. All they're, all they're doing is telling the story. Yeah. Like they, they, they basically, you know, they just talk about, you know, where the wine that the guests are enjoying is comes from mm-hmm. and they know the stories behind it. And it just, again, it just provides a level of, of experience that is not everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, you mentioned Rock, the chef in Walla Walla. Do you have yeah. staff? Picked out for this? We do. Woodenville? So uh, in in Woodenville, Eric Agnew is going to be our general manager. Uh, Adam Reese uh, is the executive chef. Um, we, it looks like we've got a uh, private dining coordinator. That's the interview I'm running back for after this. Okay. Um, I think we're on a final, hopefully on a final interview there. It looks like we just in, uh, picked up two sous chefs today. Oh, Restaurant manager has accepted the position. Uh, Brad Nefus will start. Nefus, excuse me. Brad Nefus will start with us. Uh, at the end of the month, and so we're we're incredibly fortunate to start assembling, uh, much like we have in Walla Walla, both at the state company and, and Yellowhawk Resort. I think we've got a pretty high-powered team with a lot of bandwidth, yeah. uh, and we're in a position where you know, with growth, the growth plans we have, people want it to you know, it's been it's yeah. been proven that they want to join the team, which is good. Uh, and we've got a lot of our team that's been with you know in Walla Walla with Jim as an example is now my director of ops uh, within, within Denim Hospitality. He's been with me for three and a half years since since before we opened the restaurant. There's probably about twenty percent of our staff that's been with us for three yeah. and a half years in Walla Walla, and those are not not normal numbers for restaurants, right? So we Especially see a little bit through, a through the COVID, through the pandemic, and everything else. So um, we're you know that there's. An incredible amount of chatter in in Woodenville right now. A lot of anticipation, anticipation, uh, and so we're starting to get out. You know that yeah. we're looking for great staff, and and so we're starting to see, and starting to see the turn of the tide there. It's a tough labor market right now, yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know it's tough for everybody. We're not we're not terminally unique in that deal. We oh, no. we we struggle just like everybody does, but. Um, but we have, you know, a little bit different reach and different mm-hmm. angles and stuff. And I think the team's coming together well. Um, I think we can safely say now that that Thursday in 22 is going <laughs> to fall in July, um, uh-huh. is what our target is. So, um, but it's, an, you know, every day it's a moving target. We, now we just found out that our, our chairs for part of the dining room are probably not going to get here until, you know, mid August. Uh-huh. Um, there's been delay after delay after delay with supply chain issues on, on a number of fronts, but we're not, again, everybody's going through this right now. So it's exactly. a matter of just how do we, how, how do we navigate what, what we, what we have to work with. Uh, and so we'll probably have some temporary chairs in a few spots and mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going to blow the doors wide open the first day. We're going to sort of throttle the opening a little bit and, and graduate mm-hmm. into this as we get staffing lined out and trained and everything. So, yeah. Wow. It's such a process anymore. It's yeah. It always a, has been. It's just more curveballs yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's beyond our fighting. control. Yeah. Now, um, Crossbuck obviously is going is coming. It's, it's yep. part of that, but the, 
the beer will be brewed in Walla Walla. Yeah, the, brew, still, the brewing is still happening in Walla Walla. Uh, there's no better place for us to brew than right there and have one central brew facility. The tap room will still feel exactly like the tap room in Walla Walla with mm-hmm. the, you know, the brick walls and the and the bright orange fire fire engine red style uh, pipe and flange for our tap handles. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll still have that uh, maple wood feel versus the black walnut. So there'll be incredible amount of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just not you're not going to look into the stainless steel fermentation tanks, but right. that's one viewpoint of the tap room in Walla Walla and, and, and Woodenville is just going to have a different viewpoint. And yeah. in Woodenville, you're going to be looking over the athletic fields yeah. right there, which will be kind of a fun, you know, interactive uh, play yeah. there. So, And they don't have to be exactly the same. It's kind of nice to have something yeah. special in Walla Walla Absolutely. that was the original. And- yep. Yeah, yeah, we can't replicate the historic uh, chalkboard that we have in Walla Walla. So we've got some other historic things we're replicating in Woodenville. So, yeah. <laughs> well, to wrap it up, what what would you want people to know? Something we haven't talked about or um, about, you know, the food or the wine or the – we kind of talked about that too I, already. I think just like, you know, when we opened up Steak Co. in Walla Walla three and a half years ago, everybody was shocked that there wasn't a steakhouse already in Walla Walla. And I think the same could be said in Woodenville, yeah. that it's it's surprising that there's not, you know, a dedicated steakhouse in quote-unquote wine country. Uh, but we're also that neighborhood joint where we looked forward to serving the community, uh, not just, you know, within the four walls of the restaurant. We plan on doing a lot of catering around that Wooden, mm-hmm. Woodenville area with a, with a mobile kitchen, just like we do in Walla yeah. Walla. And wine dinners, probably. Absolutely. And we've been able to, you know, that development there is, uh, includes the wine walk. And we've reached out and been able to bring some of our neighbors with us. So we got Valdemar that just opened up that has a Walla Walla facility and a Spaniard winemaker. Uh, we got La Cole Winery with Marty Club bringing oh, wow. La Cole Winery to uh, Tasting Room to Woodenville. Uh, the McQueen Champagne Bar, I'm excited to have. You know, these are all old relationships of yeah. Brian Grasso, who was a server at Chandler's back in the day when I was oh, the chef there, God. now has Structure Winery. And then McQueen uh, Champagne Bar is his, is his concept. So I'm excited to um, – I was just in the restaurant today um, with a construction meeting and in walks a vendor that I hadn't seen in probably 10 years. Uh. Uh, and so it's great to see some of these folks back around. I'm really looking forward to – uh, when we're open and seeing some, you know, folks that I've known for a long time, whether it's through, you know, past relationships or, or uh, you know, the the old radio show or restaurants in the past, so I'm I'm excited to come back to, you oh, know, yeah. the Woodenville area. It'll be fun. So, and that's actually that should be my final question: is how often will you be here? Because you're, you know. Yeah, I'll be back and forth, especially as we launch. I mean, I'll be there for you know all of the opening training and and through the 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 opening days, and then uh, Jim will be over here too. Is my ops director who's been mm-hmm. with me for three and a half years. We've got a number of folks that have been with us for a long time. We've got a couple of servers that have been with us since day one that are that are going to also come over and help be part of the oh, the nice. training team. And and honestly, this is you know for us. It isn't Chef Dan's steakhouse. And in fact, yeah. most of my team today doesn't call me Chef Dan. Um, this is really about the Walla Walla Steak Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I happen to be you know, an owner in that deal and, and the director and driver of, of the concept, so to speak, it's really about the Walla Walla Steak Company. Um, as well as Crossbuck Brewing. So I'm excited to be over here to see a bunch of folks. I'm excited to launch, you know, a new restaurant in this area. Um, but I'm also, we also have a number of other things going on. And so the, yeah. the chef and the GM here are going to, you know, they're, they'll be running. They're going to be running the deal. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we got, you know, the support of the team behind them. But uh, it's going to be Eric's, you know, Eric's yeah. the GM. So, and Adam's the chef. 
there'll be, you know, it's a, a lot of the menu is going to be the same as we have in Walla Walla. It's going to be a lot of replication there. There's going to be some local spins, of course, especially on the wine list. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's not, it's a lot of it's repeated from Walla Walla. Uh, some of it's going to be unique to the locale there. And, and uh, so it shouldn't be too crazy, but, uh-huh. you know, it'll be a little bit of back and forth, but looking forward to yeah. it. That'll be great. It's exciting to do something new and see absolutely. something grow. Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it with your schedule right now. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming out. All right. Always good to see the two of you. All right. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... The Canyon River Grill, located in the heart of Yakima Canyon. Experience Chef Kevin Davis's meticulously crafted and delicious cuisine alongside the Yakima River. Extend your stay in overnight in one of the Canyon River Ranch's exquisite suites. Visit the website at canyonrivergrill.com for hours and reservations. Hi, this is Kasia. I live in Snohomish, and my favorite little restaurant is right on the first street. It's called Gorilla Bites. And um, it's family-owned, and it's all organic food, extremely sweet atmosphere, delicious food, and I highly recommend you stop by and try. Hi, this is Kathy Casey, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. segment of Seattle Dining's July show. Oh, grab me a Kleenex. It's almost over. I know. <sighs> I know. I mean, everyone feels the same way. But, you know, as we mentioned in the beginning, it's summer. It's time to get out there, so we're going to let you go. But we always have to end the show with some tips, and since we're talking summer, I will just say that uh, it's a great time. I, I, I hate to, like, freeze something you could eat so fresh in summer, but if you freeze some, you know, use some fresh fruits to make jam and then freeze it, you can have that flavor all year long. Yeah, so there's that, so much fresh fruit out there available right yeah, now. Yeah, you could really do something good. And and the thing about jams, you know, everybody will tell you, well, yeah, here's a recipe on how to make jams, and here's how you can can your own jams at home. It's like, I don't want to can jams. I'll just yeah. put them in the ice cube maker and, and make little two tablespoon, yeah. quarter cup servings. It's just as good. Yeah. And you know, those suppose, sun-fresh freezers, those all have been pretty good, but they're, they're yeah. pretty loaded with sugar. Yeah. How long can you keep something like that frozen, do you think, when it's not jarred like that? Six it's, or eight months, oh, probably. You're good. You're yeah. good. In fact, it takes a while. The ones I made, I made a strawberry jam, and it takes a while for the uh, jam actually to stiffen up enough to mm. push it out of the ice cube maker. Oh. I use those little Tavolo silicone ice cube makers. Yeah. But... Uh, but it's nice, you know. Then I then I make, you know, you know, I pre-cook pancakes yeah. and store them in the freezer. Yeah. And then in the morning when I get up before I take my shower, I pull the pancake out. I take the the jam out that I'm going to use, and uh, and you have it in the shower. And I eat it all in the shower. <laughs> That's right. That's what you don't get messy. And I, I even take a little extra strawberry jam in and, and shampoo my hair. So. <laughs> oh, that's why you smell so fruity fresh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, my tip is uh, to save you all a little bit of money if you're an Amazon Prime member. 
I am. You are. Mm -hmm. uh, but you really need to do your price shopping, folks, because Amazon isn't necessarily giving you a break. In fact, I just bought an item. I uh, went to buy it online at Amazon. It was $15. Found it at a different retailer for $10. Because I was going to get free shippings, but they padded in five bucks into the price. So be careful when you're when you're doing your shop. You know, a lot of a lot of people now they Amazon's just sort of the go to. You just push it up and bring it what it's you so want. Easy. Do it all in one place, one stop shopping. But uh, you can save yourself a lot of money. You know, five dollars here, five dollars there, five dollars over here. It adds up. Yeah. So. You know, I would like to add something on this. I think we've talked about this before, the Amazon to go store that's up on Aurora now. Uh -huh. We've gone in there a couple times. And they have the organic bacon we like, the Applegate. Yep. And they had an incredible price on it. So we were getting it there all the time. Plus, they were given $10 coupons. Yeah. So, so it was even better. We were better. paying about 4 bucks a package on something that's yeah. like $11 well, it's it's nine dollars at PCC and eleven dollars at Town and Country. It's like ten seventy nine at at Central TNC and yeah. ten twenty nine at Ballard TNC. And then the last time we went in to get it, it was nine twenty nine. So it was getting yeah. up there. So then we decided to go back and and get a coupon and just get some anyway because we needed it. And they are not doing the coupons anymore. They said they're going to mail some coupons, but nothing in the store is being handed out. So we went and just looked and the bacon was 766. Yeah. So, you know, another place to watch what's going on. I mean, if you grocery shop and watch prices, you know, know when things go up and drop and you you know, like I would never have gone back to shop there because I don't shop there often enough it's not on my way and if it's going to be the same price as places closer to me, I'd rather get it there. They probably hate my analytics. Cuz the only thing I buy there is bacon. Yeah. They, you know, I have a list of like 10, 10 items that I normally buy every week, and uh, they only carry like three of them. Yeah. So I don't even I don't even think of shopping there. Yeah. Other than bacon. 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 So, <laughs> all right, it's time to wrap up so you can get out there and enjoy your summer. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Good stories coming up. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. Dine well, dine safe, and dine often. And we'll see you back here in August. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show